Good evening. I hope you've had a great day today. Welcome to BBJ's Bedtime Stories. I'm Big Boys Jay, and this is the show where we get you ready for a good night's sleep with public domain short stories just for you. Links to all the stories can be found in the show notes at bedtimewithbvj.com. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a Buy Me a Coffee link in every post. Tonight we continue our story, The Wind in the Willows, by Kenneth Graham. After so much open air and excitement, the toad slept very soundly, and no amount of shaking could rouse him out of bed next morning. So the mole and rat turned to, quietly and manfully, and while the rat saw to the horse, and lit a fire, and cleaned out last night's cups and platters, and got things ready for breakfast, the mole trudged off to the nearest village a long way off, for milk and eggs and various necessaries the toad had, of course, forgotten to provide. The hard work had all been done, and the two animals were resting, thoroughly exhausted, by the time Toad appeared on the scene, fresh, remarking what a pleasant, easy life it was they were all leading now, after the cares and worries and fatigues of housekeeping at home. They had a pleasant ramble that day, over grassy downs and along narrow by-lanes, and camped as before, on a common, only this time the two guests took care that Toad should do his fair share of work. In consequence, when the time came for starting next morning, Todd was by no means so rapturous about the simplicity of the primitive life, and indeed attempted to resume his place in his bunk, whence he was hauled by force. Their way lay, as before, across country by narrow lanes, and it was not till the afternoon that they came out on the high road, their first high road and their disaster, Fleet and unforeseen sprang out on them, disaster momentous indeed to the expedition, but simply overwhelming in its effect on the after-career of Toad. They were strolling along the high road easily, the mole by the horse's head, talking to him, since the horse had complained that he was being frightfully left out of it, and nobody considered him in the least. The Toad and the water rat were walking behind the cart, talking together, at least Toad was talking and Rat was saying at intervals, Yes, precisely. And what did you say to him? And thinking all the time of something very different, when far behind them they heard a faint warning hum, like the drone of a distant bee. Glancing back, they saw a small cloud of dust, but the dark center of energy advancing on them at incredible speed, while out from the dust a faint poop, poop, walked like an uneasy animal in pain. Hardly regarding it, they turned to resume their conversation, when in an instant, as it seemed, the peaceful scene was changed, and with a blast of wind and a whirl of sound that made them jump for the nearest ditch, it was on them. The poop-poop rang with a brazen shout in their ears. They had a moment's glimpse of an interior of glittering plate glass and rich morocco, and a magnificent motor car, immense, breath-snatching, passionate, with its pilot tense and hugging his wheel, possessed all earth and air for the fraction of a second, flung an enveloping cloud of dust that blinded and enwrapped them utterly, and then dwindled to a speck in the far distance, changed back into a droning bee once more. The old gray horse, dreaming, 
as he plodded along of his quiet paddock and a new raw situation such as this simply abandoned himself to his natural emotions. Rearing, plunging, backing steadily, in spite of all the mole's efforts at his head and all the mole's lively language directed at his better feelings, he drove the cart backwards towards the deep ditch at the side of the road. It wavered an instant, then there was a heart-rending crash, and the canary-colored cart, their pride and their joy, lay on its side in the ditch, an irredeemable wreck. The rat danced up and down in the road, simply transported with passion. You villains, he shouted, shaking both fists. You scoundrels, you highwaymen, you, you, you road hogs. I'll have the law on you. I'll report you. I'll take you through all the courts. His homesickness had quite slipped away from him. And for the moment, he was the skipper of the canary-colored vessel, driven on a shoal by the reckless jockeying of rival mariners. And he was trying to recollect all the fine and biting things he used to say to masters of steam launches when their wash, as they drove too near the bank, used to flood his parlor carpet at home. Toad sat straight down in the middle of the dusty road, his legs stretched out before him, and stared fixedly in the direction of the disappearing motor car. He breathed short. His face wore a placid, satisfied expression, and at intervals he faintly murmured, Poop! Poop. The mole was busy trying to quiet the horse, which he succeeded in doing after a time. Then he went to look at the cart on its side in the ditch. It was indeed a sorry sight. Panels and windows smashed, axles hopelessly bent, one wheel off, sardine tins scattered over the wide world, and the bird in the birdcage sobbing pitifully and calling to be let out. The rat came to help him, but their united efforts were not sufficient to right the cart. Hi, Toad, they cried. Come and bear a hand, can't you? The Toad never answered a word or budged from his seat in the road, so they went to see what was the matter with him. They found him in a sort of a trance, a happy smile on his face, his eyes still fixed on the dusty wake of their destroyer. At intervals, he was still heard to murmur, Poop, poop. The rat shook him by the shoulder. Are you coming to help us, Toad? He demanded sternly. Glorious. Stirring sight, murmured Toad, never offering to move. The poetry of motion. The real way to travel. The only way to travel. Here today, in next week, tomorrow. Village skipped. Towns and cities jumped, always somebody else's horizon. Oh, bliss. Oh, boop, boop. Oh, my. Oh, my. And to think I never knew, went on the toad in a dreamy monotone. All those wasted years that lie behind me, I never knew, never even dreamt. But now that I know, now that I fully realize, Oh, what a flowery track lies spread before me henceforth. What dust clouds shall spring up behind me as I speed on my reckless way. What carts I shall fling carelessly into the ditch in the wake of my magnificent onset. Horrid little carts. Common carts. Canary-colored carts. What are we to do with him? asked the mole of the water rat. Nothing at all, replied the rat firmly. Because there's really nothing to be done. 
You see, I know him from of old. He is now possessed. He's got a new craze, and it always takes him that way in its first stage. He'll continue like that for days now, like an animal walking in a happy dream, quite useless for all practical purposes. Never mind him. Let's go and see what there's to be done about the cart. A careful inspection showed them that, even if they succeeded in riding it by themselves, the cart would travel no longer. The axles were in a hopeless state, and the missing wheel was shattered into pieces. The rat nodded the horse's reins over his back and took him by the head, carrying the birdcage and its hysterical occupant in the other hand. Come on, he said grimly to the mole. It's five or six miles to the nearest town, and we shall just have to walk it. The sooner we make a start, the better. But what about Toad? asked the mole anxiously as they set off together. We can't leave him here, sitting in the middle of the road by himself. In the distracted state he's in, it's not safe. Supposing another thing were to come along. Oh, bother, Toad, said the rat savagely. I'm done with him. They had not proceeded very far on their way, however, when there was a pattering of feet behind them, and Toad caught them up and thrust a paw inside the elbow of each of them, still breathing short and staring into vacancy. Now look here, Toad, said the rat sharply. As soon as we get to the town, you'll have to go straight to the police station and see if they know anything about that motor car and who it belongs to and lodge a complaint against it. And then you'll have to go to a blacksmith's or a wheelwright's and arrange for the cart to be fetched and mended and put to rights. It'll take time, but it's not quite a hopeless smash. Meanwhile, the mole and I will go to an inn and find comfortable rooms where we can stay till the cart's ready and till your nerves have recovered their shock. Police station complaint, murmured Toad dreamily. Me complain of that beautiful, that heavenly vision that has been vouchsafed me. The cart, I'm done with carts forever. I never want to see the cart or to hear of it again. Oh, ratty, you can't think how obliged I am to you for consenting to come on this trip. I wouldn't have gone without you, and then I might never have seen that, that, that swan, that sunbeam, that thunderbolt. I might never have heard that entrancing sound or smelt that bewitching smell. I owe it all to you, my best of friends. The rat turned from him in despair. You see what it is, he said to the mole, addressing him across Toad's head. He's quite hopeless. I give it up. When we get to the town, we'll go to the railway station and with luck, we may pick up a train there that'll get us back to the riverbank tonight. And if ever you catch me going a-pleasuring with this provoking animal again, he snorted, and during the rest of that weary trudge, addressed his remarks exclusively to Mole. On reaching the town, they went straight to the station and deposited Toad in the second-class waiting room, giving a porter two pence to keep a strict eye on him. They then left the horse at an inn stable, and gave what directions they could about the cart and its contents. Eventually, a slow train, having landed them at a station not very far from Toad Hall, they escorted the spellbound, sleepwalking Toad to his door, put him inside it, and instructed his housekeeper to feed him, undress him, and put him to bed. 
Then they got out their boat from the boathouse, sculled down the river home, and at a very late hour sat down to supper in their own cozy riverside parlor, to the rat's great joy and contentment. The following evening, the mole, who had risen late and taken things very easy all day, was sitting on the bank fishing, when the rat, who had been looking up his friends and gossiping, came strolling along to find him. Heard the news, he said. There's nothing else being talked about all along the riverbank. Toad went up to town by an early train this morning, and he has ordered a large and very expensive motor car. We'll continue our story on our next episode. We are always on the hunt for great stories like these to feature on the show. You can send your suggestions to bigvoicej at gmail.com. We've got a YouTube channel full of stories from the show. Go to tiny.cc slash bvjbedtime. If you found some value in our storytelling tonight, don't forget to show the love. There's a buy me a coffee link on every post. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>